This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to episode 199. What I'm seeing a lot of is just making sure that I'm scheduling myself and really being committed to that schedule. So making sure that I'm particularly scheduling time to have a break because, I mean, most of us are working from home and it's so easy to just pop back out into the garage for five minutes here, five minutes there in between everybody else's schedules. And we end up not taking a break for ourselves. You will enjoy listening as we have a special co-host today, Katie Scott with Salvage by K. Scott, our October featured judge for the Zebra Review. We discuss the challenge of avoiding burnout with the winners of the Zebra Review hashtag Zebra Chest and talk about their winning pieces. They are Meredith with Pumpkin Seed Designs, Christina with Baldini Furniture Flip, and Kate with N12 Studio. Kathy with Furniture by Canthus shares a great refinishing tip on creating your own pre-stained conditioner. This week's question of the week, what do you use to clean your furniture pieces, is answered by our furniture refinishing friends Tessa with Room 13, Ray with L. Ray Creative, Karen with Renovated Faith, and Adiba with DIY by Deems. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Well, November is here, and I know we say this every year, but boy, how time flies. It seems like it was yesterday that we were enjoying those warm summer days. Now everyone is scurrying around getting their last-minute groceries for the big Thanksgiving meal. Because it's November, we are chatting with the October Zebra Review winners today, and we have the pleasure of welcoming our Zebra Review featured judge for October, refinisher extraordinaire, YouTube star, Katie Scott with Salvage by K. Scott. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Elaine. Thank you for having me. Gosh, Katie, man, you have over 200,000 YouTube subscribers. Congratulations. Thank you. I know my uh, YouTube channel has kind of exploded in the last few months with the introduction of shorts. Um, I don't know what is in store for the future, but it's been uh, nice to have so many new people around. Yeah, that's 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 so excellent. I mean, I I feel like uh, we've known you for a good while now, and you are always so diligent with furniture finishing and all that you know that you've been able to accomplish. And then when you made that transition into YouTube, that's a lot of hard work, isn't it? It is. It's a it's a whole different uh, business all by itself, um, and it goes along with Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Um, so yeah, really busy over here refinishing. But I think I spend most of my time right now editing videos. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a different different job. Yeah, because we've talked about this before. You do you're pretty much doing it all. I mean, you probably set up the camera. I mean, you're loading it into your computer, you're doing the editing. That's like a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, my husband decided he was going to start a YouTube channel a few months ago and got one video pulled together and said, I don't know how you do this. This is, <laughs> this is insane. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing it all, all by myself. Um, and it's a lot, but I do love it. So yeah, I'm just plugging away. Now, when you started, when you decided to do this, were, was there any part of you that was a little bit concerned that you wouldn't enjoy that aspect of it? Or did you know already going into it that I'm, I'm going to really like doing the editing and, and the whole gamut? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't think I really knew how, how much time um, was involved in editing and thinking about editing and, you know, 
flipping furniture is one thing, but I'm now at a point where I have to think about, I have to stop and move the camera and then do a couple of brush strokes and then stop and then move the camera again. So, and I'm, I'm always thinking about what that's going to look like on screen as I'm working on my furniture. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I really had any sort of a grasp on what that was going to be like. Um, But I do enjoy it. It's another creative process. Um, I'm a creative person, whether I like (laughs) it or not. So yeah, it's enjoyable. It has, it has its downsides, like everything, but, uh, but it does, it really brings me joy and it's really fun every week because every project is different and sometimes you forget to hit record and you have to get creative about how you're oh, going to fill in those blank spaces. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's challenging, but it's, it's fun. Well, you do an excellent job. I mean, your videos are really relaxing, uh, inspiring. They're enjoyable to watch. They're seamless. So, you know, you had that hidden talent in you and it came out when you got into YouTube. That's excellent. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you so much, Lane. Well, as most of you know, the Zebra Review underwent a few exciting changes a couple months ago. We decided to move away from monthly themes like clean and classic farmhouse style to monthly furniture categories like desks, dressers, buffets, etc. And each month, one of the four Zebra Review judges champions the category and is a featured judge, meaning they choose their five favorites and then the remaining judges choose their favorites from the five selected pieces. For October, the category was chests. Certainly fitting as the weather turned cold, and that was a great suggestion, Katie. I think everybody's enjoying, or at least they enjoyed that aspect of diving into refinishing chess. So good job there. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> sweater weather right now. So it everybody's is. pulling out their uh, their warm, cozy stuff. Yeah. So as a judge, Katie, are you enjoying this new direction for the Zebra Review? I am. I think it's really fun, um, and it's it seems to be giving... Um, the opportunity for more people to enter since we're not tied to one specific color or one specific style. Um, And we've opened up the time period to be the full calendar year. Mm -hmm. So it seems that we're getting um, more entries, which is always amazing to see everybody's hard work. I know. I know. It's just, it's just wild how this industry has grown and there's so much talent out there. You know, I've said this before, but one of the really cool things I love about this direction as well is those hashtags, because if you're getting ready to do um, (laughs) a a cedar chest or something and you need some inspiration, you just type in hashtag zebra chest or type in hashtag zebra buffets, whatever the category is. As we get through this, maybe through a year, there's going to be a lot of cool category inspirations for everybody. For sure. Well, we are excited to introduce our winners. Katie, would you do the honors and announce the winners? Absolutely. This month for Hashtag Zebra Chess, in first place, we had Meredith with Pumpkin Seed Designs. Our second place winner is Christina from Baldini Furniture Flip. And our third place winner is Kate with N12 Studio. Well, congratulations to all three of you. You guys deserve a lot of accolades. It was a lot of hard work, and it was very competitive, and well done. Unfortunately, Kate was not able to make it on the podcast, so when we get to her piece, we will play an audio of her sharing about her winning blanket box. With it being November, I especially want to get weather reports. Cannot go throughout this podcast without a weather report. We are spanning the continent of North America today from New Brunswick, Maine, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. So as the weathermen often would say or do say, maybe they don't say this, but they do down in North Carolina, they say, what is happening in your neck of the woods? So Katie, let's start with you. What's going on in New Brunswick? 
Uh, well, it's a beautiful sunny day today, uh, which is a little bit of a change because it's been very dark and gloomy mm. this week. Um, it is currently minus one, which <laughs> is in Celsius up here in Canada. So I, I did the conversion. It's about 30 degrees Fahrenheit. So I know, Lane, you'll think that that's ridiculously freezing cold, but it's actually not. <laughs> um, yeah, we had our first dusting of snow a couple of days ago. I know um, more west in Canada, they've already had some pretty good dumpings, um, but we just got our first little dusting here. And it's nice. It's pretty. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you moved. Uh, were you in Ontario and then you moved to New Brunswick? I was. I was just north of Toronto, Ontario. And then in April, we picked up our entire lives and moved out to the East Coast without ever being here or seeing it or living in it before. Um, and we are absolutely in love with the Maritimes um, and the East mm -hmm. Coast of Canada. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's, that's cool. No regrets. No regrets. Good deal. Well, Meredith, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Hi, Lane. Well, I am not too far behind Katie, but being that I'm just a little bit south of her, I'm in the greater Portland, Maine area. Um, it's currently 37 degrees here. It is sunny out and we're looking at probably a high of 41. So we got a couple Ooh. more degrees <laughs> for me to work with some furniture outside today. Hopefully not too windy. We did get a dusting of snow the other day as well, but nothing that stuck. Um, so we're looking forward to here in Maine. We're looking forward to the snow. I don't know what we'll get this year. It's always a surprise. Yeah, you you are really close to Katie. Then I mean, that's uh, yeah. These are neighbors. We are. We are very close now. We're going to have to get together one day. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Christina. Hey, everybody. Pennsylvania, right? Yes, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, um, so what's happening? Well. It's snowing right now, and I absolutely hate it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 30 degrees right now, and it was so funny, too, because um, one day I was I was actually going to work in my garage, and I'm as I'm walking into the garage, it's, like, nice and sunny out, and everything is great, and I come out a couple hours later, and it's all covered in snow, and I'm just standing there, like, in disbelief, how did that happen so quick, because <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> So, yeah, somebody's enjoying it, not me. Oh, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Christina, you need to move to North Carolina, my friend. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, sort of half and half for us because, uh, it, well, it's 45 degrees now, but it was in the 20s this morning, like early morning, like early Ooh, 20s. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, everybody's like making sure their wells are insulated and every, you know, their, their hoses are disconnected from the outdoor spigots and <laughs> doing all wow. that stuff. So, yeah, wow. it's been a little bit crazy. So, but anyway, it's, uh, it's sunny and that's, uh, that's a good thing. So we love that. Well, we are eager to discuss your pieces, but before we do that, I just want to let our listeners know the flow of the show. Katie will ask a few questions of each of our winners about the pieces. Of course, others may also comment. And of course, ask questions as well. As always, I will lob in one of my fun out of nowhere questions. Well, for now, let's dive into your beautiful award-winning pieces. Meredith, you won first place with your Jacobean style cedar chest. Describe it for our listeners. And then Katie will ask you some questions. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so it's a 1930s, as you mentioned, Jacobian-style cedar chest. It was manufactured by the Caval- uh, Cavalier Furniture Company. It has um, beautifully carved wooden legs. It actually has a hidden drawer, and the body itself is painted, so legs raw, painted body. This chest is so pretty, Meredith. What is this really serene kind of blue that you used on it? Oh, thank you so much. Um, Geez, of course, now I have to look it up because I can't recall the blue. Okay, so the brand is um, Fusion Mineral Paint. The color is Champness. And I have had this color for years and didn't know what to use it on. It's such a beautiful, subtle blue. Um, And it just, I feel like it just goes perfectly with the wood tone on the legs and the chest. Yeah, it's really pretty and it caught my eye. Well, thank you. So you stripped the legs of this chest, didn't you, Meredith? I did. I hand sanded all of the details of the legs and then I did a wash on it um, and sealed it. Actually, did I do a wash? I don't recall. I might not have. It might be raw. I could have just totally lied to you. That's okay. They're really pretty. I was going to ask what stain it is, but it makes sense if it's a wash or just the natural wood tones coming through with that sealer on it. So pretty. And I know I know very well how tedious it is <laughs> to stand <laughs> down details like that, but it's so worth it in the end. And I think my last question is that I know you've worked on a ton of cedar chests. You've got an incredible collection of cedar chests in your Instagram feed. And I know that you like to refresh the insides of them. So can you tell us all a little bit about how you do that? Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, most of my pieces have been pretty, pretty good on the inside, but I've had the occasional one that has needed an update and I kind of like to refresh them even if they don't need it because the smell of cedar is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically I have one of two options. Uh, I can do either like a light sanding inside with a really, really light grit sandpaper, like a 320 or 400. And okay. that will kind of bring out that cedar scent again and revive it. And then you could use some kind of sealant if you wanted to, like an, an unscented something to lock in mm-hmm. the cedar. Um, the other product that I discovered recently was the actual cedar oil. And um, so I purchased that from Home Depot and a little bit goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I didn't know about that until I saw you discover it in your Instagram stories a little while ago. So that was uh, that was really fun to learn about that product. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a lifesaver for some of the chests that are pretty rough on the inside. Um, and it does really restore the scent and give the tone of the color back to the wood, too. That's awesome. You know, I have a question. And actually, this is actually for all of you. But, you know, Meredith, <clears throat> you were talking about sanding, hand sanding this piece. And when you get into all these little crevices and these areas that a hand sander can't necessarily get into, are you just folding sandpaper and rubbing it back and forth up and through those creases? Um, you know, it depends on the area. I have a couple of those rubber sanding grips that you can use for the curved edges and you just wrap the sandpaper around those. So you have kind of a grip, but some Uh of the other areas require like tiny tools. Um, some of the things I like to keep on hand would be like, like an old gift card, maybe to wrap around it for those tiny details. Um, some dental tools we have in the house. Those are always helpful for getting in like the really itty bitty cracks. And then mm-hmm. my favorite go-to is a tiny, um, tiny flathead screwdriver. <laughs> wow. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then there's this thing called patience, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, because that's what's so hard, I think, is like, you know, you've got so much to do, there's so much going on, and yet you have to take that tedious, you know, aspect of standing in those little areas that I would imagine take a significant amount of time. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, I think we appreciate. all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, because I'm always like, there's got to be a special tool. So what special tool did you use? It took you like, what, maybe 30 seconds to get that out of there, but I guess that's not necessarily the case. It's always just perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Meredith, here is my fun out of nowhere question for you. Okay, so this is, you know, these questions, a question for Christina and a question for you. Since we're going into Thanksgiving, and of course, sorry, Katie, I know we're, we came out of Thanksgiving for you guys up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but we kept it around the, uh, the idea of food. So here's my question. If you had to enter into an all-you-can-eat contest, you know, like they have at festivals and fairs, what would it be? So here's your options. A, hot dogs. B, wings. C, pies. Or D, oysters. You got four selections there. Oof. Okay, definitely not oysters. I live in Maine, but that is not happening. <laughs> um, Come on, they just slide down your throat. You don't even have to chew on them. Oh, no, I just, I don't like them. I know that's an unpopular opinion, especially for someone who lives in Maine, but I just can't do it. Um, I would have to go with pies, but I honestly don't know how much I would be able to eat. I think I could eat more pie than I could eat hot dog, hot dogs or wings. Yeah. Well, so are, do, does that mean you, okay, so you just kind of explained why. So do you have a sweet tooth? I do. So if it were pies, <laughs> let's get even more detailed. So if it were pies, what pies do you think you could eat more of than any other pie? Oh, man. Um, geez, it would have to be something that wasn't too heavy. I And I mean, I love the heavy stuff. I love like a good pumpkin pie, an apple pie. Um, I love like a geez, a chocolate layered pie, but I don't know what I would be able to eat a lot of because generally pie is pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm think, open uh, to suggestions though, if you guys think I should take this to stories. Any suggestions uh, for, for Meredith? Uh, oh, I would go for a pecan pie. Mm. That's the best thing. Yeah, but those that's are so, I, that's my favorite, but those are so sweet. I don't know if you could get that I many down care. all at once. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Now, see, aren't these fun? We get to really learn more about each other. <laughs> we know that Meredith doesn't like oysters, so don't send oysters to Meredith and don't put those Please on her don't. dinner table. <laughs> Oysters in the mail, even better. Right. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Meredith can be reached on Instagram at PSD, or let me just rephrase that, at PS Designs ME. Congratulations, Meredith. You did a beautiful job. Thank you so much. Next up is Christina with Baldini Furniture. She won second place with her cube chest. Describe it for our listeners, and then Katie will ask you some questions as well. Okay, so um, it was a cube chest um, with a with a light wood base, and I mean that's basically it. <laughs> Different colors. It was oh, it was multicolored, and um, yeah. So I went and took a look at the before of this chest and it was a lot more traditional, sort of like Meredith's piece, but you took it in a completely different, really modern direction. So where did that idea come from? Yes. So um, 
When I look at chests, um, I usually want them to be kind of like a clean slate, you know, because it gives more for imagination and you can do more with them. Like, I obviously love other types of chests, mm-hmm. but the ones that are empty spaced are the ones that I can do more with. So when I saw the chest on the Facebook marketplace, and every time I look for chests, I just imagine how I can kind of like take them apart and just have a box that I can use. So um, that's how I decided to just get rid of everything and cut off the edges and get the base off. And that's how I had what I had. I love it. It's a completely, completely different before and after. You would never know where it started when you look at uh, your creation. Actually, a lot of people actually were like, I don't believe it's the same chest. I believe that. I believe that it is an extreme makeover for sure. And did you, did you obviously painted all of those blocks? Did you paint them all before you attached them? Yes. So, um, no, I marked them though, because uh, the first thing I did was I kind of like assembled them all together and to decide which one goes where. And then I marked them the color I wanted. And there was a little bit of, um, like, a trial error trial trial error yeah (laughs) because i had to figure out how to do it um because i didn't really trust into the glue because you know like i wanted it to be secure on that Mm -hmm. so i took them off and then i kind of like nailed them in and i filled them in and then i painted half of them but it wasn't just good enough so i had to prime and i had to do it color by color i learned a lot from that process because now if i were to do something (laughs) like that i would do it differently a little bit because it it would save me a lot of time but yeah that's how i did it basically color by color that's that's good to know i that's a lot of work but i'm kind of my brain works the same way i just sort of have to work through it and figure out how it's going to work so it doesn't always make sense (laughs) to when I'm trying to explain it. But uh, yeah, I definitely understand that uh, workflow situation. So my last question is the custom base that you built on the bottom. Was that your first time doing one of those? No, actually, it wasn't. Um, I did a couple before that. um, And I just used a tutorial, I'm sure that we all know about. Yes. Yeah. So, yep, that was pretty easy. Awesome. It was yeah, it's a... one of my easiest bases because they always give me trouble now for some reason. <laughs> I have trouble with them because I'm so bad at measuring. So trying to subtract the uh, the leg pieces from the from the frame measurements, all, I always mess that up. But uh, yeah, I think we're all very familiar with that um, base build. It's gone through the, the furniture flipping community like wildfire this year. So I really love this. Yeah, it is. It is. It changes furniture so drastically. But I I really love your chest. It stopped my scroll as soon as I saw it pop up. Um, so yeah, congratulations. It's a great flip. I suppose the hardest part of these of building these bases is just like when you get them attached and then you turn them back over and getting them level. Am I correct in that? Because that to me would be very frustrating. Like you turn it back over and it's like wobbly. (laughs) I've only had that happen once. Um, And again, it was my own, my own issue with measuring. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I honestly, whenever I need to measure anything that I'm cutting, I always ask my husband to double check it for me. Um, 
just because I space out with the, with the numbers on the measuring tape. I don't know why I can't explain <laughs> it, but I always need to get him to double check things before I make that cut. Um, but yeah, I've never had a ton of trouble with getting it level, but sometimes when you go to put it on, it's an inch or two too small because, <laughs> because you yeah. didn't measure it properly. <laughs> it's a little bit shorter than what you had planned. <laughs> yes, that's, that's my experience with the base building. And they're usually very easy to be secured on the bottom, too. So oh, yeah. All, yeah. Yeah, all the screws, they don't let it pretty much wobble at all. No, no. They're... Listen to you guys. You expert refinishers. Ah, that's a breeze. <laughs> it's easy. And I'd be in there futzing in the garage, struggling. And... <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, uh, I'm still, still struggling. So. <laughs> well, that's how we all get better, right? We struggle yeah. to, to, to refine ourselves. Well, Christina, here's my fun out of nowhere question. You ready? Gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you had to do without one of these Thanksgiving staples, which would it be? A, turkey. B, stuffing. C, cranberry sauce or salad. Or D, and this is broad-based, dessert. <laughs> so which one of those oh. things... Uh, would you do without if you had to oh boy well you don't really don't need really cranberry need. sauce if you don't have turkey <laughs> Wait, did you say you I'm don't like... need cranberry sauce if you don't have turkey yeah well for me thanksgiving was not a thing up until five years ago and uh -huh. i'm like not super crazy about the cranberry sauce you just haven't had the right kind yet <laughs> i think i think i'll kick the turkey out Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so you're not a not a not a friend of the turkey then. No, I'm not friends with turkeys. <laughs> That's fair. She'll take a roast beef or a ham, I'm sure. Yeah. You're not friends with turkeys in more ways than one, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's more to it. <laughs> I did we do know this much about you, Christina. You definitely have the pecan pie on the table. Yes. So absolutely. maybe you just eat enough pecan pie and you wouldn't need anything else. <laughs> I, yeah. Honestly it's the only thing I come to Thanksgiving dinner for. <laughs> My sister-in-law's aunt makes the best pecan pie in the world. So, yeah. Yeah. It, Too uh, bad for you, I, you'll never get to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a kid, uh, they, the, I think it's the Little Debbie Brown brand used to make those, or maybe they still do, the little, they were like mini pies, and they were in wrappers, and they had pecan pies. Do you guys, anybody else remember those things? Am I the only one that... No. No. Yeah, those? no. Really? Okay, I feel really old. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they don't make them anymore. It might be just a regional thing. Yeah, I hope that's, that's totally all it possible. is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, they're really good. So, Christina, imagine your pecan pie that's been reduced down into, I don't know, maybe like three or four inches in diameter. Mm -hmm. And it's it's in a plastic wrap. It's like okay. they're really good. Like if you're having just a quick lunch and you eat your sandwich and whatever, and then you <laughs> pull out one of those. But I try to not go for the dessert as much. At least I try to be more limited. So I haven't had one in a long time. But I'm definitely having pecan pie at Thanksgiving this year. So yes, definitely, it's the best. <laughs> All right. So I Christina, send, I should send you guys some of my this sister-in-law ants pie. You're gonna love it. 
Mm. Well, well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, what what does she do different about it? I mean, so because you've tried other pecan pies, is she does it taste like a? Does it just have? Whenever she has an extra ingredient or something in it to Maybe make it a little well. more flavorful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christina can be reached on Instagram at Baldini Furniture Flip. Congratulations, Christina! That was a lot of work, and it turned out beautiful. Thank you so much. Our third place winner is Kate with N12 Studio. Kate's piece was a contemporary design on a lane chest. As mentioned earlier, Kate was not able to make it to the podcast recording, but fortunately we have an audio of Kate describing her piece and providing some details. Hi everyone, this is Kate from N12 Studio. I'm so happy to be the third place winner of October 2022, the Zebra Review Contest for the chest category. So honored that my piece was chosen among so many talented furniture artists and beautiful submissions. A big thank you to all the judges and sponsors. Especially to our feature judge for this month, Katie. You are one of the artists who inspired me to kickstart this journey back in early 2021. So this is extra meaningful to me. You know, some pieces will tell you what to do with it, and this chest is one of those pieces. So I've been seeing many gorgeous pieces posted in the community with added wood texture. I was inspired, and as soon as I pulled this chest out to work on, I saw the blank front panel on the sides. They are just the perfect canvas to add those wood trims. I decided to go ahead with it. I pick up some wood trim from the store and the width and thickness work perfectly for the chest. As for the base, I found the original base looking too bulky to match the design. So I remove it and then I found this brass gold legs that matches the knob. So I really love how the legs um, elevated this piece. My design inspiration for this piece is modern and classy. So I chose one of my favorite colors, even tied by melange paints. It's a deep green that is bold enough but not being too loud. I thought this color works very well with the brass hardware and legs. Kate can be reached on Instagram at N12Studio. Congratulations, Kate. We're going to take a quick break now to hear from our sponsor. This is Bree, VP of Sales here at Zebra, and I just wanted to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy it with all of your family and friends. And I also just wanted to remind you to check out all of our sales that we are running daily through December 6th, and make sure you check out our special doorbuster kit on Black Friday. You don't want to miss it. Thanks, Bree. Now back to Katie and the Zebra Review winners. One of the challenges in today's busy world, no matter what your career is, is avoiding burnout. So many tasks to do in a day and living life with one task after another day after day can lead to burnout for sure. This is no different for refinishers and maybe even more so because with refinishing, there is a great deal of juggling taking place from family to all the different aspects of refinishing that can make one a wee bit tired at the end of the day. So today we're going to have a panel discussion with Katie, Meredith, and Christina to find out what each of them have done or need to do to avoid the dreaded burnout. Katie, Christina, and Meredith, it's all yours. Awesome. Thanks, Lane. Katie and Christina, I don't know about you guys, but 
I am foreseeing a little bit of achy muscles coming up with the holidays between doing all this refinishing, <laughs> putting up decorations, all that stuff. Um, what are what are some things that work for either of you or both of you to try and keep a good life balance to avoid the burnout? Uh, well, I'll pick that up and say I am uh, struggling to come up with advice on this topic because I I have been suffering from burnout, I think, this whole year. Um, it's just been kind of creeping up and creeping up. So I've really been focusing on trying to figure out some strategies that I can implement to try and take a little bit of that burden off of me coming up on Christmas and then stuff that I can implement into the new year so that next year I come out of it in a better place. Um, But what I'm seeing a lot of is just making sure that I'm scheduling myself and really being committed to that schedule. So making sure that I'm particularly scheduling time to have a break because, I mean, most of us are working from home and it's so easy to just pop back out into the garage for five minutes here, five minutes there in between everybody else's schedules. And we end up not taking a break for ourselves. So. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make sure I have at least one day a week where I unplug from everything. I don't pick up my phone. I don't turn on the laptop. And I just am am taking a break. There's no furniture flipping happening in the garage. There's no social media happening. Um, And that's something that I really want to implement into my weekly schedule going forward so that I know I'm having that mental and physical break from it. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And it's good to be intentional about it, too. Yeah. Um, Christina, if if you were feeling similarly, or if you have some suggestions, things that work well for you? Um, For me, it's not more of a physical burnout. uh, But it's more like a mental thing for me, because um, the biggest thing um, that I did for myself and avoiding that was to stop taking commissions because um, they can be a little bit difficult on Mm -hmm. oh how do I phrase that I don't want to like upset anybody (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's emotionally draining to to be working on someone else's vision and trying trying to make that come to life so yes and I understand that and also when you do something of your own you don't have any time frames you don't have a pressure of you know somebody loving it enough yeah to be like happy with it but commissions they just they like you're like old squeak you know what I mean like you're all like gosh yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of worry involved in in customs and i have only had customs open in my business for i think probably about six months out of the last six years because i i have that same it's there's just so much anxiety um behind the scheduling and and wondering if what you've communicated or what your customer has communicated to you is what what you're interpreting onto their furniture um, yeah, it's, it's very stressful. I think for me too, I started taking customs just probably halfway through the year. Um, I hadn't been doing them for the earlier part, probably January through June or so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe I did one or two earlier on, but it, it was pretty limited. Um, and what I've done is that, that I found to be helpful is I've sort of been very picky about who I'm choosing to work with. And I don't mean that to sound um, bad, but I just think if someone has such a stringent view of how they want something and they can't trust me as the refinisher um, to execute on their vision, that's not really a person that I think is going to fit well with my style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I c- kind of talk to people back and forth for a little while before we decide whether or not it's a good fit. And if I find that it's not a good fit, I try to refer them, refer them to someone who I think might be able to execute on their vision better or who works differently than I work. Yeah, I like that strategy. I think that's a good strategy. Um, As well as maybe scheduling a a block of time, if someone's really struggling with the customs and the pressures that come with customs is maybe scheduling a block of time in your year, where you don't have to worry about customs um, would be would be a good strategy. I think as much as much as we can sort of deflect back into the world um, to protect ourselves is really important when, when we're talking about burnout, because there's so much going on now with, you can't just have a refinishing business. You have to be on social media as well for marketing and, and advertising of your business. And that's a whole nother job. I mean, in, in the corporate world, there are actual people that are employed to do that separately from all of the other positions. So we're kind of taking on job after job after job in our little Mm -hmm. side hustle sometimes, which, uh, which can become overwhelming really easily. So. Yeah. And I think like you just mentioned, getting back into the world, um, something that I started to do just about a month ago is to schedule myself pretty much a daily walk. Um, since we moved, it's been really nice to get out and we're in an area where I can actually go and walk and not have to worry about too much traffic. And, um, so I try to take like at least a half an hour. If I'm feeling really good, I'll do maybe like 45 minutes or an hour and I just go out and sometimes I'll download a podcast and listen to, you know, listen to that while I walk, but just trying to get out there every day to, like you said, get away from it all and sort of break up the day. Yeah, I think that's smart. I've been doing that a lot more here as well at our new place it's we're in a tiny little village kind of out of town um and we've got some really nice walking trails so that's something that i have been doing um and i really appreciate that time to myself so yeah i agree with that as well yeah same I think also physically, you know, you have to like take note of how you're feeling. I'm pretty excited because in a couple hours after I get done talking with you guys, I'm going to get a massage. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be a nice way to kind of release some of that tension and work, you know, get get the muscles feeling a little bit less um, tight. I think that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I need to do that. I'm putting that on my to-do list right now. Yes, Schedule right down. Schedule it. <laughs> I wanted to add also that um, my productivity is more, like, is better when I'm doing something of my own, like my own project that I want to do myself. Yes. Um, so it's like a big, it's like a win-win, basically, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Actually, I was that was something I was going to mention was um, that sometimes it's not furniture that I'll be working on. But if I if I feel like I need a break, but I still want to work on things or I still want to be creative, um, I'll work on a project in our house and say, like, go upstairs and I have a bedroom that that I've been wanting to paint. So I'll start picking away at that or, you know, something else to kind of switch gears. 
Um, and it's still something that is a, like something that I really enjoy doing, but it kind of frees me up to go back to my furniture pieces later with a fresher, clearer mind. Yeah. I like that staying productive, but, um, but being able to step away from it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You know, this may be obvious to some, but maybe not for others. What are the signs of burnout? Um, For me, I just don't want to do anything, you know, because it's more like a mental thing again. So you lose motivation. Yeah, you just lose motivation. You're like, what's the point of everything? You (laughs) kind of like start questioning everything. Yeah, I I agree with Christina. I feel like I get a block um, and I have trouble coming up with what feels like good content that's worth sharing. Because it is a lot of pressure right now with all the content being produced. And there's so much of it, too. And it's like, you know, every, I don't know, you're just trying to keep up is hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as furniture finishers, you know, speaking of burnout, and I know this is much more broader than furniture finishing because it's not that you're only doing furniture finishing. You're doing, you know, a multitude of other things. But when it comes to furniture finishing, is there an aspect of furniture finishing that you feel like lends itself to burnout? Um, Because what comes to my mind is the cleaning and the sanding part, especially the detail stuff that you're talking about. I would think that if you were doing a lot of that, it would be easy to get burnout. Am I way off base or is that on target? I think for me, it's, it's the other end that is the the problem. Cause usually when I'm doing all the cleaning and repairs and stuff, that's when I've had the motivation to actually start the project. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it then it's the finishing touches, like fixing, fixing, replacing the drawer glides and, you know, just doing all the little touch up stuff and putting the hardware back on. That's the stuff that I just, I've, I'm over it. By the time I get back to that finishing stuff, that last 5% of the project, I'm, I've lost interest. I'm (laughs) already thinking about the next thing. So that's where, that's where I start to lose things. It's same for me too. And also if it's been sitting for too long if i've been working on it longer than i expected i i also mm-hmm. don't like want to touch it anymore yeah yeah i agree i think i i think there's a general consensus out there that like the last 10 per, 5 to 10% of a project everyone's just really agitated and just yes Yes. and And it's always the little fiddly stuff right like you're trying to put the hardware or drilling new hardware holes and it's in the wrong spot or you chip a piece of paint or the screws aren't long enough yeah that's the stuff that it's just so infuriating (laughs) (laughs) the finish line is there you can see it and i think i i don't know this may be an unpopular opinion i really enjoy sanding actually um i like i kind of find it as a great way to take out any of my like aggressions from the day <laughs> i'm so glad that you said that because i have the same attitude that's my <laughs> that's can, my relaxing time i'll just grind it out it definitely can be taxing on your body so obviously that's yeah. something to be aware of and make sure you're taking care to you know not injure yourself but yes i find it i definitely find it um somewhat I don't know, oddly relaxing and satisfying. And I think a lot of people disagree with that. I've seen a lot of people say how much they hate sanding. I'm like, I could sand sand not all day, but sometimes sometimes I do. Yeah, yeah. I can sand as long as my hands will will tolerate the vibrations. I'm there for it. (laughs) 
You guys speaking of sort of taking out your frustrations, Katie, I can just see you out in your shop sanding away and Doug comes into the shop and he sees you sanding. He immediately turns around, goes back in the house and says to the boys, don't bother mom right now. She's taking out her aggressions on this piece. <laughs> that happens on a daily basis. He, <laughs> he'll come out to grab a tool and just turn around and I'll hear the door close. <laughs> and I know that he's caught me. He knows. He knows. Do you leave her alone? That's so, so funny. Now, do you have because you're doing the YouTube? Do you have like a sign on your door, like I'm filming? Do not come <laughs> blasting out into the garage and asking me what we're um, having for dinner or whatever. No, my my problem is is usually this with when we're recording. I actually sent him out with the kids to uh, get them haircuts so that the house would be quiet because <laughs> my issue is always doing voiceovers and even mm. when I'm editing just to listen to the the sound that's happening so that I can edit it because they've both got their tablets blaring and video games happening and they're yelling at each other about who ate the last Dorito <laughs> all of that kind of stuff and then Doug's working on stuff throughout the house he's renovating the kids bathroom right now so he's sanding and hammering and yeah, it's hard to it's hard to find a quiet space <laughs> yeah. to get stuff done. Yeah, scheduling is much more than just scheduling, you know, getting your paints and and all of the I mean there's it's so broad based, isn't it? Yeah, it it really is. And I my goal going into the new year with my projects is to really schedule myself the time to sit down and really break things down and schedule when I'm going to be in the garage and when I need to do voiceovers and what part of my week I'm going to spend editing reels um, and just really break it down item by item. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I can see the full picture of it. And I'm also scheduling myself time to not be doing that stuff. Um, because like I said at the beginning, it's so easy to just pick up your phone and you think that you're just scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through TikTok for your own entertainment. But in the back of our minds, we're all thinking, oh, that's a good sound that I can use for my project. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that transition. I'm going to do that on my next dresser flip. Um, so you're working. Your your brain just goes right back into work yeah. mode. Um, and I think it's it's just so easy and we don't even know that we're doing it. We're always on. We're, there's never... We never clock out um, in this in this role. So, I was just going to say the same thing, Katie. I think I think for me too, I have to be like hyper aware of the potential for burnout, and part of that is yes. because I really love what I do. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, a lot of times working on a piece is. Um, I do find it like a stress relief and I enjoy doing it. And so it's easy for me to be like, well, I'm just going to keep going on this because, you know, I'm enjoying doing it. But then I find out, like, I realize later on that, you know, I've got to take a break because I just got so into it that I, I <laughs> the day just flew by. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, when you're doing that day after day after day, all of a sudden, you get to that point where it's not enjoyable anymore. And then you're right. having that, you're having that issue where you don't, you don't want to open the garage door. You don't want to go out there. You, you don't want to sand or clean or paint because it's just so draining. So yeah, right back to making sure that we're scheduling time to be away from it all. Absolutely. That's, that's really the key, isn't it? Is being preemptive so that you don't yeah. get to the point of burnout um, and that scheduling. Now, Katie, you talked about scheduling. Meredith and Christina, are you, are you guys schedulers? 
Um, I try my best. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work the way I want it to, but I try. Mm-hmm. What about you, Meredith? Um, I have like a very loose schedule. We'll put it that way. Most of the time, if there's something that's hard on there, it's, it's definitely there and it's not moving. Um, but for the most time, most of the week, I'm trying to make sure that my schedule is flexible and open. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there's every once in a while, something will pop up where it's like, nope, can't move that. Got to stick with it. Um, but especially with customs and things like that, I try to be very flexible, um, with my clients and let them know that, you know, if, if you have a hard stop that you want this piece back by, we can work with that. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not taking on a lot of customs that require that type of <laughs> um, stringency, I guess. Yeah. So for me, you know, I try to be flexible with myself as much as I can. Um, but when there are things that need to absolutely get done, yeah, they have they have to be scheduled. Otherwise, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our goal with this discussion is to not only provide some solutions, but also to let you know you're not in this alone because there are a lot of people that struggle with the same things you do. And one of those things is burnout. So, it, you know, like I said, it happens to all of us. We hope that today's discussion has been helpful and encouraging. Thank you, Katie, for co-hosting. You are a class act. We appreciate that. It was so fun. It's always fun to talk to my peers and pick their brains about stuff. So I appreciate the opportunity. And congratulations, Meredith, Christina, and Kate. Your pieces were all stunning and definitely worthy of recognition. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for Merry having Christmas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> That's just so close. <laughs> Today's refinishing tip comes from Kathy with Furniture by Acanthus. I'm Kathy from At Furniture by Acanthus. I finish furniture professionally and I love to take furniture that's broken or destined for the landfill, repair it and transform it into something modern and hopefully beautiful. Today I'm sharing with you a tip on how to stain wood evenly, especially on blotch prone wood like pine, by using a make-it-yourself pre-stain conditioner. Finishing a piece of furniture takes a lot of prep work. There's the cleaning, the stripping, the sanding, and there you have your finished piece ready for the finish. You add the stain and it blotches, messing up the overall look of the piece. It's so disappointing. One solution is to use a pre-stain conditioner before applying the stain. Um, of course, there are lots of other techniques. I find I can get the best results and the most even coverage of stain when I use this DIY pre-stain conditioner. To make it, it's very simple. All the ingredients are water-based. I make it in a jar. I add 300 mils of tap water, 15 mils, that's one tablespoon, of wood glue. Any standard wood glue is fine. And 15 mils of one tablespoon of clear finished, um, a water-based finish. So I usually use a Rarathene Ultimate Polyurethane, um, water-based, uh, the crystal, crystal clear satin. And then I shake up the jar, and that's the finished uh, pre-stain conditioner. I apply this pre-stain conditioner with a brush on the piece that I want to stain, and I allow it to dry fully. Then I sand it with 320 grit paper, and then I stain it. This recipe is based on 
uh, one by the Wood Whisperer, and uh, he calls it Mark Juice. Uh, you can find uh, the video on YouTube. I like to use this pre-stain conditioner because it gives me the most control over the final finish. Um, it's a great money saver because I just make it from things that I already have. Um, I also use it before I do um, a paint wash. Um, and I also use it to stop bleed through. I hope you like this tip. If you have any questions, you can DM me at Furniture by Acanthus. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing your insights and the pre-stain conditioner recipe. Today's question of the week is, what do you use to clean your furniture pieces? Hi, this is Tessa with Room 13. I always use Fusion TSP to clean my furniture, which I mix with water in a spray bottle so it's always ready to go. Just spray it liberally onto your furniture, scrub it down, and um, not only is it really, really great for cutting through grease and grime, which is super important, but it's also biodegradable and has no added nasties in it, which makes me love it even more. This is Ray at El Ray Creative. What I use to clean my furniture when I'm just starting is a sponge dipped in a mix of soap and water. Once my piece is refinished, I use a gentle oil with a few drops of essential oil on the interior frame. For the holidays, I'm using almond oil with orange. I use a paintbrush to apply a generous amount to the piece's frame's corners, then use a soft cloth to spread the oil along the inner frame and base. This cleaning technique will protect the frame, will breathe new life into the bones, and is a way to elevate your piece even more. This is Karen Peters, and you can find me at renovatedfaith.com or at renovatedfaith on Instagram. And my favorite product to use when cleaning furniture is Crud Cutters Pre-Paint Cleaner. It's a new formula, and I used it before painting my kitchen cabinets and just loved how it helped to degloss a little bit. So now I use it on all my furniture projects before priming with a good primer. Hey, my name is Adiba and my page is DIY by Deebs. What I use to clean my furniture is an all-purpose cleaner and degreaser and I usually just spray it on and wipe down with a microfiber cloth and if a piece is really dirty, I'll use some warm water and soap and just start scrubbing. Prep is so important. Thanks, Tessa, Ray, Karen, and Adiba. If you have a general question you would like asked among your refinishing peers, send me an email at lane and enjoyzebra.com. If we answer your question on the podcast, you'll receive a free zebra paintbrush. I don't know if you noticed in the intro, but today's episode is 199, which means next week we are celebrating our 200th episode here on the podcast. Hard to believe we are nearing the end of our fourth season, and we have you, our listeners, to thank for the success of this podcast. Make sure you tune in to next week's podcast as we celebrate this momentous event. This month's Zebra Review Contest category feature is Buffets. Our featured judge is Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, and she will be choosing her favorites and then sharing those buffets with the remaining judges to then choose the top three. Those judges are Katie Cloud with Katie & Company, Katie Scott with Salvage by K. Scott, and Lauren Schwachino with Portland Rose Studio. In order to enter your refinished buffet, you must use the hashtag ZebraBuffets. 
You can enter any buffet you refinished in any style, any color from January 1st, 2022 through the end of this month, November 30th, 2022. A big thank you to this month's sponsors, Surf Prep Sanding, D. Lawless Hardware, Melange Paints, and Zebra Paint Brushes. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of the judges or send me an email. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebras Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy Thanksgiving, everyone.